Well, we're doing a message this morning I've never did before, and or entitled it before, and uh, and I want to uh, begin in a very unusual way. I've never began a, a message the way that we're going to begin it this morning, but today we're all people of different uh, different uh, occupations. We're here this morning uh, that because uh, life takes us different directions. We're here today. We're involved with other people because God has led us as far. But I believe, you know, I, I, I was thinking about this this past week. When we meet somebody we've never met before, what do we? What's the first thing we do? Brooke, can I pick, pick on you? Sure. Would you stand, please? Sure. Hello, ma'am. My name is Orville White. I'm Brooklyn. You're Brooklyn. 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 All right. Let me get that right. Well, Sarah, I don't want to forget your name. All right. Her, her name is Brooklyn. The first thing we do, though, is when we meet somebody, what do we do? We tell them our name. We identify who we are. We're not with the IRS. We're not with the FBI. We're, we're, we're just looking forward to meeting you. And, and, and then I begin to look for things that, uh, about them that interest me and, uh, and things they have to say. And, and if they don't volunteer things, then I have some questions that I can always pull information from them. But you know, when we come to the church, sometimes we forget our identity. Sometimes we leave the church and we forget our identity. And so, in the message this morning, it may sound like it's a, a negative message, but I don't want it to be. Uh, what do we do when God says no? The first thing I want to do is I want you to identify who you are this morning. If you're a believer, you're part of the family of God. I'm not, I don't believe in religion. Religion has do's and don'ts. It's made up with rules. I like relationship with Jesus because as far as the east is from the west, when he met me and I asked him to do this for me, he did. He forgave me of my sins as far as the east is from the west. He made me a part of his life. He made me a part of his work. He made me a part of what he wanted to do. And he, then he began through the years to equip me with what it would take to make life a great life. In his presence, there's fullness of joy. So I don't wait till I get to church to enjoy his presence. I carry the presence of the Lord with me because the Bible says we're the temple of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is a representation of God's presence. And today, where the Spirit of the Lord is, there's liberty. So you can worship the Lord any way you want to worship him. You can jump pews. You can run the aisles. You know, uh, you can just sit real quiet. You can say amen if you want to say, you, you know, you can just be yourself. How's that? Right. You remember the course we used to sing at the close of invitation time of the service, just as, just as I am without one plea. What were we saying? Just like you are. God wants to take you in just like you are. And we as a family of God today, the Bible says as he is, so are we. So we need to do the same thing. As we meet people, Heidi's family's with us this morning. It's a joy to hear their involvement. They're here. We want to make them feel welcome. And if you've been coming for a few seasons, uh, for a few weeks, we want you to know you're welcome too. It isn't our house. It's God's house. God's house. And he wants to tell you how much he loves you and appreciates you. We're going to stand to our feet in just a moment. Before we do, I'm going to say this. Uh, uh, we're approaching Thanksgiving and Christmas, and we had an individual to buy 40 $25 gift cards. And as we sack groceries, we watch for those that come through that may be uh, uh, going through difficult times, may not... They may be counting their money, and maybe they just come and they, they pay for the groceries, but something inside of us says, uh, share with them the joy. And, and as we carry the groceries to the vehicle, we hand them a $25 gift certificate to the ceiling food, and we say, we just want to bless you during this Christmas season. 
We saw tears stream down people's faces. They said, how did you know? We didn't. God does. And, and, and it's an awesome time. If, you're, if you want to be a part, uh, you can make out your check to Elm Grove, $25 for each ticket. But we've got 40 already paid for. And I, I grant you, it would be great to have 80. But if we just have 40, we're going to enjoy giving them away on this Christmas and Thanksgiving season because we have so many people in need. So what a joy today. I want you to stand and, I, and we're going to read a scripture together and I want you to identify who you are this morning. Everybody stand unless, you've got, unless you're older than me. If you're older than uh, 80, you can stay seated. I'm not 80, but you'd be older than me if you were. All right. Kevin, can you give us Isaiah chapter 61 verses 1 through 3? Isaiah prophesied, uh, between 700 and 800 years before Jesus came to this world, that this would be his message. And, and his message today is the church's message. Everywhere we go, we wear Jesus. Everywhere we go as Christians, as followers of Jesus Christ, he wants us to learn to imitate him. And we learn about him by studying his word. We, we learn... Uh, more about him as we have fellowship with his family. Well, we learn more about him as we, as we take in the blessings of the Lord and allow him to further our lives and expand us and take us places we'd never go and do things we'd never do without his presence. But I want you to read this this morning with me. We're going to read this aloud. And I want you to know this is a personal confession that we're all going to make. And if you're not a believer here this morning, you're just one step away from being a believer. We, uh, Church membership is awesome if you want to be a member, but the greatest thing you need to be is be a member of the family of God. Amen. Being a member of Elm Grove will not get you into heaven, but you've got to be a member of the family of God in order to enter there. And so if you're not a member of the family of God today, you're one step from it. All you have to say is, Jesus, come into my life, forgive me of my sins. I want to be a follower of the Lord Jesus Christ. In that moment, he forgives you of your sins. He comes into your life. You're the temple of the Holy Spirit. And a new life has just begun. So this morning, I'm, I'm, just, I'm just believing we're 99 to 100% full today of Christian people. So we're going we're gonna to confess this today. And it's going to tell us what is happening in our life and why we do what we do. Is that all right? All right. Let's read it together. The Spirit of the Lord God is upon me because the Lord has anointed me to preach good tidings to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives and the opening of prison doors to those who are bound to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord and the day of vengeance of our God to comfort all who mourn, to console those who mourn in Zion, to give them beauty for ashes, the oil of joy for mourning, the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness, that they may be called trees of righteousness, the planting of the Lord, that he may be that he may be glorified. One more time, that he may be glorified. All right, put your hands together. That's our confession today. You may be seated. Would you leave that up for me just a moment? I'm going to highlight that before I go to something else. Everybody can be seated. Notice what the, notice what the confession of our life is. On verse 3, 
It, it carries something that's going to carry us through life. And no matter what, who we are, how we spell our name, the most important thing is not the out, outward man, even though we, we do everything we can to groom ourselves, we do everything to, in order to be acceptable uh, as far as our appearance. But God is not looking at our appearance today. He's looking on our heart. And we're going to be dealing with the heart, dealing with the heart issues. But though our world are, is full of people that are mourning over the life and the dif- disappointments that life has to offer, for them, the, the things that came their way that just aren't fair and the things that they're going through that they just don't, just don't seem to understand. But God has given, given us the privilege to give them this message. God wants to give you beauty for your ashes. Let me ask you, is there anybody that has a past besides me? You'd just like to burn them up today and all would be, as evidence, would be the ashes? I thought Trevor was going to hold his hand up with me, but I guess I'm the Lone Ranger. He was just scratching his beard. It's okay, Trevor. I still love you. You're still my grandson. God wants you to know that he has the ability to take your ashes today and give you beauty. This is part of the family of God. He wants you to identify with his word. You'll never know how good God is till you can identify with his word. Notice what else he says. I want to give you the oil of joy. Do you know anybody that's unhappy this morning? Do you know about anybody that's lost their joy? Do you know anybody that's lost their peace? They're just, everything's just bad. Doesn't matter whether you're a Democrat or Republican, everything just stinks. You and I as believers have this responsibility to our Heavenly Father. He said, I want you to carry the oil of joy, and I want you to do everything you can to deposit that in people that aren't joyful. Do everything you can to make that deposit. You had the ability. Don't, don't depend on yourself. Depend on me. And I will give you things that will allow you to be a messenger from, from the Lord. How about the garment of praise? Let me ask this. Let me move over here. This is a real quiet section. I'm going to see if this section will shout me down. How many people do you know you just talked to for a few minutes and they have nothing but negative things to say? I know I'm not talking about anybody that goes to church here. That's another world. How many know? They're just, they're just, if you, if you told them the dog was the most beautiful dog you had, to, had ever seen, they'd tell you something bad about that dog. <laughs> Two men were in their boat one day and they were out fishing. The one, one gentleman, he, he had made up his mind as he had asked this gentleman uh, uh, to go hunting with him. This man was so negative, he, he couldn't even brag on a good cup of coffee. It was either too hot or too cold, too strong or too weak. And, and every, everything, it was either, either weather was even that, it, it was just all bad. He could never find anything good. So his friend said, I'm going duck hunting in the morning. He said, I want you to go with me. And he said, uh, uh, we're going to have some fun. He said, we're going to get in my boat, go out to some duck blinds. And he said, I believe the Lord's going to just show you something uh, uh, unusual. He said, I've heard all about Jesus. I've heard and seen everything he has to do. I'm not the least bit impressed. Well, they got in the boat and the, the gentleman that was very positive asked the dog to get into the boat and, uh, and he, had made a, he had built a platform out in the water and this dog, he had trained this dog as to how, how far to go out and come back on this, on this platform and it was, it was underneath the water just far enough that you couldn't sit. And he told his friend, wanting to impress him, he said, I'm going to show you some things about how good the Lord is. He, he wants you to know today, no matter how deep the water of your life may be, he wants you to know that you can walk on water. 
And he called his dog by name. He said, go get those ducks. And that dog bailed out of that boat and walked out on the platform. The, the friend couldn't see it. And, and then the dog turned around, and here he came back to the boat as fast as he could. Never did fall off of the pathway that the, the man had built for him. As he jumped in the boat, he said, isn't that a shame? That dog can't even swim. <laughs> you have any friends like that? I'm no, I, I know they're not here today. I know they're not here today. But notice what God wants to do through our lives. He, he wants to, uh, for us to wear the garment of praise. How many of you have done this? You've gone to the closet, you paid for uh, the cleaning of a suit, or maybe you paid for the ironing of your shirt, and you got, out, got, got it out of the closet, and uh, it had been hung in a tight spot, and it was so wrinkled you couldn't tell it had ever been ironed. And you knew then that was not the garment of praise. Listen to me. God wants you to realize every morning he wants to clothe you with a garment of praise. He wants you to know that he's for you and not against you. You're one of his kids. And if you'll watch, he wants to make you shine as a true light throughout the day to somebody's life that you come in contact with. God not only wants you to wear the garment of praise, but he wants you to see the spirit of heaviness lift people's lives. And when somebody tells about their heartache, he doesn't want you to add to the coals to, to a sadder story. He wants you to have words of comfort and encourage that person. Notice that, and here's what he says about the process that we are involved in and he wants us to be involved in. These are not rules. These are just things that we can apply to our life every day. He said that you may be called trees of righteousness, the planting of the Lord. Why? That God can be glorified. Yeah. We're in this world, but he doesn't want us to be like this world. He's not going to give us a list of do's or not. He just makes, he just makes, uh, 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 he just makes himself alive through our spirit. And he allows our spirit to know today that he has great things in store. And he wants us to apply the word of God daily to our life. And he wants to, us to apply the principles that he has for us. Let me ask you this question this morning as we begin the message now. What do we say when God says no? How do we act? We've already heard about the silent treatment. Sometimes we just don't pray for a day or two. Sometimes we get angry. And, and you know, I know we're adults. I know, you know, I know we, we try to conceal sometimes how we feel. And sometimes we just play the lonely game. We don't get around people until we kind of get over it. And... Uh, and sometimes we just get frustrated, and there are people today that are angry because their answer was no when they applied a petition to God to answer a prayer. doesn't mean he's not a prayer answering God. It just means he has something better in store than what I did when I asked him. And as I was studying for the scripture, for the message today, I thought about the scriptures in Matthew chapter 26, Mark 14, and Luke 22, about how all the scriptures deal with the life of Jesus. When he was getting ready to face the death on the cross, he took three of his favorite prayer partners with him, Peter, James, and John. And he went to Gethsemane, and he said, Stay here a little while while I go further. And he prayed, Lord, if it be possible, let this bitter cup pass from me. Nevertheless, I want you to hold that in your, in your, in your uh, spirit this morning. Nevertheless. Jesus said to his father, not my will, but your will be done. He came back and the three people that he had really thought that would be behind him, would be supporting him in prayer, was asleep. He said, could you not, could you not pray for, could you not just stay with me? 
He, then he went back the second time and he said, Father, if it were is possible, would you please let this bitter cup pass from me? Knowing that he was facing the cross, knowing that he would die between two thieves, knowing that his garment would be gambled for as he hung on a tree between two thieves. He went back the second. He went back the third time. The Bible says he was so in earnest, his sweat fell to the to the ground like great drops of blood. He was so in earnest. Father, if it be possible, this is a bitter cup. This is not what I, I thought it would be. I, 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 I just am pleading with you, Father, if it's possible, let this bitter cup pass with me. Nevertheless, not your will be done. I don't mind telling you, those are as hard a words that for you and me as, as any words that we could ever say. Maybe it's when we stand by a loved one. Maybe it's by a companion. And I've stood by those that are here this morning as your companion graduated from his life to the life beyond. And, and you know, we, we, we try to get prepared. I, I hear this quite often. Pastor, at least God has given me a year to prepare for this. It's no surprise. But then many times I've taken that person in my arm and they said, you just don't ever get ready for this, do you? And I said, absolutely not. There are times when just things just don't seem to go the way we want to, to, to go. But, but uh, as we process who we are and why we're here on earth and what's going on, God wants you to know that he's still for you and not against you, even when the answer is no. My dad, my dad was not bashful when he told the four of us boys when we petitioned for something we felt would make life better, that we would enjoy life more. He was absolutely, he got over his uh, bashfulness when he said, absolutely not. We all know God has a plan for our lives, for our family, our friends. And we all want to believe that Romans 8, 28 will always be, he's going to work it out for my good because I love him. And yet sometimes when we get to the kneeling post in our life, we realize what God had planned for us is not what we had planned. What do we do when the turmoil begins to build, uh, billow in our life? What if we're praying for financial needs and we wound up on Monday morning going and we find out we get the pink slip, we no longer need your, your, your uh, employment? What if prayer for a wayward child or companion had made, had made a wrong decision and we'd prayed and prayed that some way, somehow the light would start uh, turned on in their life and they'd start traveling the right pathway, but it didn't turn out the way that we wanted it to turn out. What if our prayers for God was to intervene in behalf of a troubled marriage and one day we find ourselves in a divorce court or maybe one day the doctor gave us a bad report and his diagnosis was that what we had was terminal we prayed, we fasted, our church prayed and fasted and supported us with prayer. We quoted scriptures day and night, but the doctor's report seemed to rule and we dealt with the loss of a loved one. What do we do when God says no? Our faith has been tested to the point we wonder, does prayer really work or is, just, is it just a waste of time? After all, the scripture says effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much. The Bible also says that by the stripes that Jesus carried to Calvary, we are healed. We wonder, is God mad at me for the things I've done or the things I've said or the uh, inability to express myself maybe like I should have? Maybe God just plays favoritism. I've seen it happen for other people. And I know the Bible says he's no respecter person, but Lord, what do I do when the answer is no? 
Has God changed his mind about healing our bodies or our minds when we know the Bible says he's the same yesterday, today, and forever? He's not slack concerning his promises as some men count slackness, but he's long-suffering to you and me that willing, nothing, willing that none should perish, but that all could have eternal life. Then discouragement and defeat tries to invade our lives. Deuteronomy 33, 25, God says, As your day is, so shall my strength be. That simply means when there's no bottom to where you're going, you fell to the bottom and it just seems like you're still not on bottom. He has the same strength to pick you up that he had the day before you fell. If you're in water over your, over your head, it doesn't matter how deep the water is if you're in over your head and can't swim. The Bible says God does great work in deep water. What do we do when things just seem to be invading our life and doing everything that it, our circumstances can be to destroy our testimony, our spirit, our lives? And it just seems like the greater the trials, it seems like the greater the attack on us, even though we're doing our very best to make Jesus Lord of our life. And then we come to the part of the scripture we had on the, board, on the overhead this morning. God, I know you've promised to give me beauty for ashes, the oil of joy for mourning, the garment of praise for heaviness. But if you only knew how, hard, how heavy my heart was, there'd be something surely that would change in my life. And Lord, you said you're doing this so I could be planted by the Lord that he may be glorified. Lord, I just don't feel anything about the glory of God today. What do we do when God says no? Psalms chapter 84 verse 11 says, The Lord God is a sun and a shield. The Lord will give grace and glory, and no good thing will he withhold from those that walk, walk uprightly. And today's message is a reminder for all of us when we're challenged and going through challenging times and when we prayed and it seems the windows of heaven are, have been shut and God has said no to our prayers discouragement. I can tell you what happens. Discouragement knocks at our door. I'm just as human as you are. And Satan does everything he can to entertain you. Negative thoughts about our prayer life, our, our dedication to the Lord. And there again, God has given us this textbook to study so that we can pass the test. He didn't say we had never shed a tear. He said tears are a language God understands. He didn't say we'd never be disappointed. He never just said we'd, we'd just feel alone. He never did say our heart was broken. But he did say, I'll make provision for strength for you as you go through the situation. I'll be there. I'll be there to comfort you. I'll be there to give you the strength to make it through. And then we look at 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 13. No temptation. Listen to this. I want everybody to say this word with me. No temptation. Oh, come on. Come on, you're preaching this message this morning with me. Everybody say these words. No temptation. Again. No temptation. Turn up the volume one more time. You're doing great. I'm telling you, I'm going to recommend you for ordination. No temptation has overtaken you except as common to man. You may think that the enemy just has you uh, pinpointed. And he's going to do everything he can to take you out. And it just seems like the Joneses, they're not having it. I'm sorry, the Joneses are here this morning. Let me talk about the Smiths. I hope there's no Smiths here today. It just seems like God just blesses everything the Smiths go to do. 
I mean, everything they touch just turns to money. Their kids are wild, but they're healthy. They just, I'm telling you, they always drive a new car every couple of years. And, and look how they dress and look where they go. And I'm telling you, the finest of life comes to the Smiths. Lord, what's wrong with me? When I see others doing what, and I go to the same church, I hear the same message, what, what is, what's, there going, what's going on? It just seems like you've got a big no sign in front of my life when I'd like to see yes once in a while. Maybe you're here this morning and temptation makes you feel lower than, than, than the dirt. Maybe you're going through things and it just seems like you cannot conquer them. That's the reason we need Jesus. I can't do a little bit without his Holy Spirit. I can't dedicate my life without his, his help. And he says, I'm a present help in time of need. And man, do I need him when I've heard the answer is no. I used to say, I must have misunderstood you. Do you understand sign language? My dad always gave us a sign and we obeyed, but it was with his strap. The Lord doesn't use straps, but God is faithful. He will not allow you to be tempted above what you're able, but with every temptation, the temptation to say, I just don't believe God answers prayer anymore. That's a temptation that comes from the enemy. I just don't believe he heals anymore. That's a temptation from the enemy because doubt will cancel your faith if you'll let the enemy do it to you. There is no temptation but what God will make a way of escape that you may be able to bear what you're going through. Isn't that awesome? We live in a world that's upside down today. Never before have I, in my time here on planet Earth, have I saw this great land of America talk like they talk to one another, act like they act, and do what they do to one another. And most of it's not out in the rural America. Most of it's on your television screen. And I want to say this to the body of Christ this morning, which means all of us. We cannot allow what's going on on the outside to get inside of us. I want to say that again. We cannot allow what's going on on the outside get on the inside of us. And the Bible says uh, the, the word uh, 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 sets us in motion to guard our hearts, for out of it are the issues of life. And you're hearing things today from our politicians, their issues of their life. They're calling each other liars. They're calling each other worse than that. And they're using bad language. And my dad would have still been beaten on my set-down place if I'd ever said the four-letter word I hear our politicians say to each other. I cannot even believe it. In fact, I'm telling you what, I just try to turn that off every time I hear trash. Listen, we're in... A world that's upside down today. And when God says no, it doesn't mean he doesn't love us. It doesn't mean that he hasn't prepared something good for us. When one door shuts, get ready and begin to thank him. Lord, there's a better door that's going to open. I've heard people, Pastor, I put in my application uh, for, for this job and I really need it. I, I'm going to have insurance when I go. My husband and I need insurance today. Just pray that that door will open. And I try to remember, if that door doesn't open, God has a better door he's going to open for you. Right. Amen. We, go, we all go through stuff. We all, we all deal with stuff. And stuff seems to find itself on our front doorstep more often than we want. But I was, I was drawn to an illustration that I found this week as I was preparing the message. A village in Africa began to have people in their village die from, in a very unusual way. 
healthy people, young people as well as the elderly people were dying in this little community. The village got word to some people in the city who had contacts with the educated people and who traveled throughout Africa trying to resolve problems that others could not resolve. And they, they sent these people to this village so that they could look and find out what the problem was. After looking the village over, making some testing of their drinking water, they found that the fresh water that they were drinking coming from a fresh stream from a nearby mountain was contaminated. The engineer who had come out to search out for the problem told the people in the community that they wanted to climb to the mountain the following day, find out where the water came from, and find out if it was pure as it flowed down the mountain into the village where they were living. The next morning, they began to climb the mountain where the stream was fed. And as they got to the top, about halfway to the top, they stopped and they said, we want to test the water. And the test was the same as it was in the village. When they got to the very top of the crevice where the water was flowing out, nowhere above was the water flowing out, but from this crevice, it flowed out of the rock and, and down through some rocky areas before it fed the stream into this, into this village. And to their amazement, there was a sow with nine pigs. It, the mother had got its foot, its hoof hung between two rocks and could not be free itself. And she had died along with her nine siblings. And the contamination of the water was coming from something that had died in the stream of living water. They removed the dead carcass. They warned the people, don't drink the water for a few days. If you do, boil it. And they began to do everything they could in, in the uh, back slopes of Africa until one day the water became fresh. As, as I looked at this, I thought, you know, there's times when the enemy wants to make us think that our dreams have died. There's, and, and if we entertain contaminate us. It begins to many times allow, the enemy would love for nothing better for than for you to get bitter over things that God has not seen you through. Listen to me. Bitterness begins at the root. The bitterness of that water was changed right where it flowed out of the, out of the river. That water was fresh. It was pure until it flowed down and was contaminated with something dead. God wants you to know today, he's here that you can drink living water. He doesn't want the root of bitterness to contaminate your life. He wants you to know that the life that you live is fed by the root system of your life. Amen. Yes. And just a root of bitterness, the Bible says, can spoil the fruit of our lives. Do you know of somebody today... The burden became heavy. Life became unfair. Things just went the wrong direction until one day they got bitter. And they became so defeated and they just shut themselves in. No life, no enjoyment of life. And things just weighted them down until they lost their enthusiasm about life. Listen to me this morning. You may be in this building and you may be going through something horrible today. You may be facing some things that you don't have the answer. Maybe you, there's days when you stared out the windshield and you, you, you've honestly said as a Christian, this doesn't seem fair. I'm going to tell you something this morning. Hear me now. Don't wait. Don't wait today till the waters become contaminated in your spirit. Know one thing. Go to the Word of God. It's a lamp unto your feet. It's a light to your, uh, a light to your pathway. It's a, it's a source of strength that will allow you to go through your difficult times no matter what comes your way. Right. Isaiah chapter 40, 31 has been a great, great ministry in my life. In the almost 50 years of ministry, we've gone through things that I didn't think I'd ever go through. Sherry and I have experienced some things we never 
thought we would experience. In my lowest moment, I realized where I was, but I realized who I was. And, and I could count on God's word. It doesn't return void. In early years of our ministry, I learned Isaiah 40, 31. But those that wait upon the Lord, those that will allow the spirit of the Lord to intertwine their spirit, they will rise up with wings as eagles. They can run and not be weary. They can walk and not faint. In our moment when we're the weakest, God says, I want to make you strong. In the time when you're discouraged, God brings along the blessings of encouragement. And he wants to strengthen you because nobody is exempt from storms. And the storms of life are sent by the enemy. John 10, 10 says, the Bible says, the thief comes before the steal to kill and destroy. Have you ever had anything stolen from you? And it just really made you mad? And you said this, if I could just have been here, if I could just have laid my hands on that person, forget it, buddy. God can take care of it. God, listen to me. God's not slack concerning his promises. And, you know, God just wants you to know that maybe what they took from you was just a test. Just a test to see if you could make it in life without that item that had been stolen from you. Listen. What God has planned for you, nobody can steal from you without your permission. The enemy comes to steal, kill, and destroy. Yeah, two little boys were talking one day. He said, do you believe there's a devil? Johnny said to, to, to Leroy, he said, no, I don't believe there is. I believe it's just like Santa Claus. It's your dad. <laughs> no offense, Dad. I, I use that every Father's Day. Just kidding. The Bible says when the enemy comes in like a flood, the Lord will raise up a standard against him. Even when God has said no, the enemy can come so close, but he, can't, he has no ability to destroy you. You have to be the one that says, no, I will not go that way. I will not entertain those thoughts. I know who I am trusting in, and God is greater than the, the source of my enemy. And I close with this scripture. In a, in a source of of serving the Lord in my life. I found out one thing. When I'm discouraged, I, I, I just begin to praise the Lord. Lord, I thank you today that you died on the cross for my sins. I thank you that my sins have been forgiven. I thank you today because if I die today, I'm going to heaven. I know everything is well. And, and Lord, you, you know that I'm discouraged. I don't have to act like I'm not. I am discouraged, but I know you're a present help in time of need. So would you help me deal with this today? And I came across the scripture several years ago. It's found in one, Psalms 119, chapter, verses 164 and 165. That just became, it, it became like, like a, an energy that I'd never felt before. And in those times of attack, whether I was discouraged, you know, whether I was going through a situation that I felt was unfair, whether I was dealing with something that I, did, I felt like I was totally unprepared to do, I went to this area, especially when the, when the war was raging and it, everything that was happening around me was taking my peace. Even in pastoral duties, there was a few months that I went through some real stressful times. I could go to bed for a couple of three hours. I would wake up, my clothes would be wet. The bed I was laying on would be wet. I just couldn't get the peace of God to flow through my life like I wanted. I cried like a baby. I said, God, I didn't ask for this job. You called me and you ordained me and you told me your grace would be sufficient. It would be perfect in my weakest hour. At that moment, 
something began to happen. I began to, uh, the Holy Spirit began to revolve some scriptures in my life that had became real to me earlier in, in the ministry. And this was a scripture that brought me through the storm. I pray if you're here this morning and you're going through a storm, you don't have the answer today, but you're in over your head. And I want you to know God knows exactly where you're at and what you're dealing with. And I want you to write this on the table of your heart. And I want you to take it with you as you go this morning. But it goes something like this. Seven times a day, O Lord, will I praise you for your righteous judgment. Great peace have those who love your law. And nothing causes us to stumble. Man, I want you to know I can refresh my spirit. I can feel the strength of the Holy Spirit coming through his word because Hebrews 4.12 says the word of God is quick, powerful, sharper than a two-edged sword. When I get discouraged, I can take the word of God. It's like a sword. I can sever the root system on my discouragement. When God says no and discouragement and defeat and negative things begin to happen to me, I can take the word of God and I can kill it at the root system because I don't want my life to be filled with bitterness and the fruit of agonizing and negativity and, and things that people run from when they see me coming. Friend, if it'll work for me, it'll work for you. Has God said no to you today about something that was a dream to your life? Has God said something no to you today that you felt like it would really enhance your life? It just didn't work you out. You thought it, you, there was nothing wrong with the system. You, it, it just felt, it just, you just felt like it would really fit your life, but the answer was no. Well, guess what? God's grace is sufficient today. And he's knocking on your heart's door this morning. In the last book of the Bible, Revelation chapter 3, verse 20, he says, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If any man hear my voice and open the door, I'll come in and I'll dine with him and he with me. He's not wanting to, tell, he's not wanting to talk about why he said no. He's wanting to come in and, and eat with you. He's wanting to come in and have a meal with you in a spiritual way. And he wants to come in and just overwhelm you with his love today. And he wants to pull you so close to him that you'll be so glad that you have a daddy that cares, who understands. If he ever says no, it's because he has a better answer for you. It's because he has something in store for you. It's something that he's going to do for you that nobody else can do. I had not seen, ear had not heard. Neither had it been recorded in the heart of man the things that God has prepared for those that love him. Would you stand? As we stand this morning, we have some music from the sound booth. Would you bow your head with me today in our closing moments of the service? I'd like to ask this question this morning. Did God begin to stir my heart to the, this week about the message? I thought, Lord, I don't want to preach when the answer is no I, i've never preached that before He's, it just seems so negative he said no i, I want you to do it I've, I've got some people that need to hear what they do and how they identify with what's going on when the answer is no it's it, so he prepared me with how to, with what i've shared with you this morning and i want you today to realize and know identify that you have a heavenly father who cares He's brought you this far. He said, I'll never leave you nor forsake you, but I'll go with you always, even to the end. Maybe you're in, in over your head today or something that you're, you're so embarrassed about. You don't want to even talk about it, but you know that God knows. You know, and that's sufficient. And the enemy knows because he loves to torment us when we're in over our head. Let me just ask, ask a simple question today. If you're here this morning, 
and this message has ministered to you, maybe the answer's been no. Maybe things are just, have just gone wrong, and you don't know how they're going to work out, but today you're really troubled because you've got to have an answer, and you want the right answer. Would you raise your hand while nobody's looking around? Let me see your hand. God bless the hands that are going up this morning. God bless you today. God bless you. As Pastor Jared comes to close the service this morning, I want to say to those that raised your hand today, God loves you unconditionally. He never says no to destroy you, but he says no in order to bless you and strengthen you and allow him to, you to know that as for God, his ways are perfect. That's the reason many times I've submitted to the Lord. Many times I said, Lord, I want to do what the scripture says. Let me submit my plan to you since my plan doesn't seem to go well. Let me just submit my plan to you, Lord, and would you take the things that you can use and do away with the things that you can't do that I put into my plan. He always puts his arms of love around me in a spiritual way. He tells me how much he loves me and how much he cares for me. And his grace is sufficient. And I'll get over being disappointed and discouraged as long as I allow the word to be continually a lamp unto my feet and a light to my pathway. He'll give us strength. We don't have to be weary this morning. We can face the uncertainty of tomorrow knowing that God is for us and not against us. Pastor, would you come? Heavenly Father, we just come before you today. God, we thank you for your many blessings. We thank you for the word that was brought forth to us today. God, thank you for speaking to our heart and to our life and giving us encouragement and strength for the day that we're going through and the days that lie ahead. God, I ask your blessing to go with our people today. God, lead them and guide them and direct them in all they face and all that they do. God, we look forward to a great week serving you, serving our community, and living in your presence. And God, we ask all these things today in the mighty name of Jesus that everybody said, amen.